Hello, it's Lita here from Community Finance Ireland, and welcome to our podcast series. Changemakers are in every community, they're in every city, and they're down every rural road, right across the island of Ireland. This series meets with those amongst us who choose change. Their stories demonstrate what can be done when we work together. And here at Community Finance Ireland, we speak finance, but we hear people. And we really do hope you enjoy listening to them. Good afternoon, everybody, and you're very welcome to the Community Finance Island weekly podcast. Our team are up here in Stranorla in County Donegal at Finn Valley AC. And I'm joined this afternoon by Patsy McGonagall, who's the current chairman of this incredible facility. And he's been in the company almost 30 years. And Patsy, love of athletics is what started you here 30 years ago. Tell us a little bit about your story and where and how you got to love it. Well, obviously, I was born in 1947 here locally. Uh, my father was an army officer. My, my mother was the local chemist. Um, and I would have been, went to local school then, mm. from there to boarding school in yeah. Derry, yeah. Uh, St. Columns College. And um, uh, that was a tough regime. But one of the things that lightened the day uh, was the introduction of athletics by a young priest who came onto the staff. Okay. And so I, I found that I had a bit of a talent at athletics and so on. So. Um, that that was uh, that was a big moment for me, really. Okay. And um, how old were you then, Patsy? I was about, I suppose, at that stage, probably at that stage, about fifteen, sixteen. Yeah, great time to yeah. be introduced to sport. Yeah. So um, I had that love of athletics. I was quite good at athletics, and uh, I liked athletics, obviously. So then, from there, coming out of there, I went to Birmingham, uh, and what 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 what, you, what we did in those days was you kind of mentored in a classroom for a year yeah. and then you applied to get into a third level college, university or whatever. Okay. I was very fortunate to get uh, into St Mary's Strawberry Hill in, in London, Twickenham, okay. uh, which was one of the top PE colleges in, in there and there was a big athletic scene there as well. Yeah. Spent three years there, then came out of there, uh, came back and taught in Glentis um, for two years and, and then immediately on my return from England, I started to organise athletics in Donegal, which didn't exist in any organised way, okay. never had existed. Only through local schools? Was Only there a not bit even of local schools. I yeah. started a schools group, I yeah. started a schools body, I started community games, I started a county board, I formed clubs. Um, so I went, as they say, I, to, to laugh about it, I went stone mad right away. <laughs> and, um, and it's interesting because athletics wasn't really uh, an acknowledged um, activity back right. then. Um, I took a lot of courage even when I used to come home from boarding school um, to go out for a run. And the, fun, the, fun, the, 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 the funny story about that is basically that, you know, they used to say when they drove past me, and it, some days I had the courage to go out for a run and some days I didn't because nobody, but nobody was out running. Nobody back on the there. streets like they are Nobody, yeah. not, nothing like now. And it's very difficult for people now to understand that, but that's the way it was. But anyway, um, the, the, the joke was that um, it's a pity, it's a pity, but that young McGonagall fella, his mother sent him away to be educated and look at him now, he's out running with no clothes on him, you know what I mean? So that was the attitude. But anyway, um, went from there and uh, got the got the, back into the master's degree then and uh, from Glentis where I had been teaching another year studying in England. And then basically uh, the regional colleges as they were then, ITs as they are now, yeah. was opening in Letterkenny and I got a job there. So and I was to stay home. And I was to stay there for yeah. up until 2012. Now, the other thing that was happening was I was beginning to develop a very, very um, coaching-wise, a very successful athletics club right. by introducing the local kids 
and then as they got older they got more and then we began to won nationally and all sorts of stuff we began to represent Ireland in the European Champions Cup and all of that that was that was a major breakthrough and um, so I was coaching I was flat to the mat every day you know getting people organized and doing stuff so the athletics was was going really well yeah. but we had no facility okay so and and this, this disused factory came online and I, this is the disused that's factory where we are here now here yeah, today. yeah it just okay. it was really um it was really just a shell it was yeah. it was dilapidated it was everything but I got enough money gathered up in the community um to buy it yes. and um tidied it up just basically to begin with mm. and stopped the rain coming in and all the rest of it. So from a very basic um, rough building over the f- up until t- the present day, I just began to develop it and make it better, make it better, make it better, make it better and make it more, um, more what would you say, attractive uh, in terms of the facility. And it is now obviously um, a very, very, very attractive facility, and it does it, it it gives the opportunity for so many different activities. You know, it's a community hub. Patsy, share with us the facilities because when we were walking around, we've seen quite a lot, and we've heard quite a lot yeah. <laughs> that we're not supposed to hear. So, Patsy, tell me, share with the listeners a little bit about the facilities because when we came on site earlier, there's quite a lot. So we started with a very significant swimming pool. At the moment, the, to, to outline the facilities, uh, there's a major hall, indoor hall. There's a 25-metre swimming pool. There's a children's pool. There's a sauna. There's a, a, a spa pool. Um, there's, um, there's two soccer pitches, two rugby pitches, four astro pitches, uh, a jogging trail on, on grass around the perimeter of about uh, 1,000 metres, 1,200 metres possibly. Um, there's uh, a gym, a couple of gyms. There's um, a fitness room. There's, um, you know, the restaurant is, is key to the whole place as well. And, the, you know, there's all the ancillary facilities to support that, and you know, as well. There's, I, saw, there's all... I, I saw earlier on that there was a small little kids' room as well that's for <laughs> children under the age of seven where they go when their families come for Sunday mm, lunch. And you've right. got th- a, a little embedded little computer system for the kids. I saw that. So we've got all those ancillary facilities, obviously, and, yeah. um, you know, it's, it ticks all the boxes in terms of, of community needs. And the, the, as you, you refer to the kids' zone, the kids' zone is key because uh, a restaurant per se, and to make it family-friendly, we developed a we embedded kind of a kids' zone where the kids go and play, uh, their parents are beside them on the Sunday lunch and so on yeah. like that. So that, that was, that's been key to the success yeah, of the restaurant. Yeah, it everybody's in the one room Absolutely. and everybody's got... And of course it's, the place is available for all sorts of parties in your normal community yeah. type stuff. But um, I saw the guys taking down the big blow-up Fancy castle ah, this morning. Key. Is that a thing that you do at the weekends as well? Absolutely. The, the, Incredible. The major, the massive um, bouncy castle is, is key uh, mm-hmm. from a business point of view yeah. because we have six slots at the weekends, two-hour so slots. That brings in quite a bit of money. Okay. Yeah. And brings it in. means that it's weather-dependent. You can have it yeah. any time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's birthday parties, obviously, yeah. uh, are the big key. And so, Patsy, am I right then in saying there's about 300,000 visitors per year that would come through this facility at the moment? Correct. And in around, three, I would say 300,000 plus, but and some, yeah. somewhere in and around that, yeah. There's a significant amount of people coming to a place that didn't exist without you coming together to build it. Um, tell me a little bit about how the funding for the project works, because there's different phases, obviously. 
Um, and then, you know, with quite a number of social enterprises, they do have what I would call a healthy mix of funding options. So you mm. kind of have a few things in the pot. Mm. Um, talk to us about what's in the pot for you. Yeah, well, 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 for the pot, well obviously we gen generate funding uh, on a daily basis here. You know, we, we charge minimal fees, but we charge, yeah. you know, we charge for activities. Yeah. Uh, we hire out the place to people yeah. and all of that. So that's, that's a source of, of, of finance. Obviously, community, and we, we, we were fortunate enough uh, on occasion, one occasion to get a good sports council grant at one, on one occasion, yeah. which made a difference at, at that phase, at that phase level. Uh, and a different and community finance, Ireland have been very positive towards us in terms of, you know, shortfalls. We were able to go to them. We were able to, 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 to link with them. Yeah. And we found that a good experience, a really okay. strong, positive experience. Their attitude, their trust in us, uh, and they knew, and we were able to deliver. We were able to we were able to repay. And then when we had that done, we got we, we would normally have um, a period uh, of of reflection, we'll call it. And yeah. then we would probably get another bright idea, for want of a better word, and yeah. we would go again. And so, Patsy, your team, because you have a number of people who work with you here. I know you're the steerer, or the captain, as I would call it. But there is quite a lot of very good people in your team. Does everybody in the team? Um, have a very positive approach to debt because they see that it makes progress and that you continue to move across on different things? Yes, they, 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 they wouldn't dwell on debt. Okay. They would, they would, we, we, we would make a decision yeah. and we would figure it out and we would know that we can deal with it yeah. and we just go with it. And you'll go uh, with it. We don't panic, we don't stress, we just yeah. do it and we know we have enough confidence, particularly now, maybe in the early days, there would have been a little bit of a worry, you know, and I would have taken it on my, onto my head personally to a point. Yeah. But basically, no, we would discuss it. The key people would discuss it. Yeah. And um, we wouldn't have, we, we aren't, a, we aren't a, a centre or a club that have big, long discussions. Yeah. We just make a decision that would make sense and just go with it. And is that because the team are, what you were talking to us earlier about this skill set that exists in the team, is that where the confidence comes from? Uh, so well, the people that are involved in the, are all the are, all have an aesthetics background. Okay. So they, these are people that would have would have kind of for want of played the sports, played loved the, sport, the sports, and would have yeah. come up come up with me. Yes. They would have come through the sport with me. So there's a serious trust and confidence in you know the leadership and the way we do things okay so and they work they work and there is a mix of abilities within that group so the love of a sport is the the, the kind initial. of the initial, initial tipping point yeah. and then you all bring different skill sets Correct. to the team so skill sets typically would be well finance obviously yeah finance okay. is key in a place like this which is a big turnover yeah uh finance is key um, obviously, marketing is key. Yes, of course. Um, management is key. Yeah. You know, day-to-day -day stuff, all of that, returns, audits, all of that, um, all of that. And the nature of the people, just, you know, that welcoming. We're living in a rural area, so, you know, yeah. we can't get carried away with thinking we're something else. You know, we just need to be friendly and welcoming. And so there's all those abilities, and we are, are in a position with through our own people to deliver some of the programs and then other people come in and deliver programs and you did say to me earlier on which i thought was really insightful because obviously your team have a very significant ambition for what they want to do here mm. because you told us and i thought it was a really interesting thing you said this is a city facility in a small town yes that 
people have have made that comment. You know, they come okay. and they look at it. That's the first reaction. Yeah. You know, not maybe the first reaction of everybody, but certainly everybody is kind of yeah. blown away by the nature of the facility. Yeah. Uh, and you know, they, they they wonder. I'm sure. I'm sure they wonder privately about how did that happen or why did it happen. But really and truly, it was it was a a bit by bit approach yeah. that got us. And we were very fortunate, uh, Lisa, that we didn't we didn't overstep it. Yeah. We didn't go too high. high by by Gadet. You did we were, a phase, we delivered very, it, very, did a phase, very, delivered very, it. Yeah. We, we, you know, we were very sensible and we didn't, you know, we didn't really, if, if you were to, for example, push the boat out too much on a, on a particular phase, you could get caught. Yeah. And we, we were, so you're well, prudent. We were prudent is the best, yeah. way, to, best yeah. way to describe it. Yes, absolutely. And if I was talk, if we had some of our listeners here who are thinking about doing a project like this, or they're at the early stages of a social enterprise in their community, what insight can you share that you think would be helpful for people who haven't got your experience yet, but do have an ambition to do something? They would need to. They would need to just to take a big deep breath, and mm. basically they would need to steady themselves and maybe visit a facility like this yeah. and talk it talk it through with people or yeah. indeed with other social enterprises yeah. and get a, ha- a handle on the, the problems that they have, yeah. how they work it, how, what works, what doesn't work, yes. what, and maybe they they, they should um, talk to people that have been down that road simply because. They will throw questions to them yeah. that they may not have have you know considered. considered. So there there is there are many many considerations, but it will always be in the end uh, down to the quality of the people in yeah. that social enterprise. And it'll also they also need to you know to, to roll it out on the on the on the on the on a base on on a you know idiom that that would work. Don't get too over ambitious. Yeah. Take it steady, steady, steady. You know, yeah. but. Um, Really, I think the best advice would be to go and talk to to, to somebody that's or 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 a number of groups that have social that enterprises. have some of the experience. And the interesting already. thing is that social enterprises now it has been acknowledged. You know, it has been acknowledged, mm-hmm. and, and there is there is there does seem to be an attitude from government. And well, the new social enterprise policy mm. by Minister Ring and his mm. team is now launched, yes. and it does create a spotlight on social enterprises in particular. And I think it does, people do want to learn from those that have worn the t-shirt and been there. And you've obviously 30 uh, years in the experience. Absolutely, that's, and that's positive. You know, when we, when we begun here, we were just a community group yes. in, in isolation. Yeah. Um, more, most recently here in Donegal, uh, just within the last few weeks, a, a social enterprise officer has been appointed by the okay. DLDC, Donegal Local Development Company. And so that's going to, to be positive. Hello. So yeah. we'll, we'll have to engage with him big time okay. and things. You know, just, you know, and, and previously we would have had uh, support from Donegal Local Development Company mm. on when they brought, you know, social, the, 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 the main social enterprise groupings in the county together. Yeah. And that was good for networking. It was yeah, good to listen course. to their stories. Yeah. It was good for confidence. It was good to see... You know, you got confidence from it because we've, we, 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 you'd walk out of the room and thinking, well, we're doing okay here. Yeah. You know, whereas others might have been struggling to a point. Yeah. You know, and um, that was positive. That was very positive at, uh, on the occasion. But that is kind of, it was more mentoring that, that was the, yeah. the idea there. And Patsy, you were saying to me earlier that your son is the operations director here for mm. the, the facility. Is it, is it 
unusual or is it usual for family members to follow into a social enterprise and how important is that? Well, it's important. It's a, well, look, it's going to be different everywhere. Mm. I, would, I, I wouldn't really be in a position to say whether it's important or not. You know, we, we have had other managers here uh, over the years. You know, people have gone and retired and stuff. One of the things that helped here, uh, again, was experience. I, I managed the Irish athletics teams from about 1992. Yeah. All, all the way through the Olympic Games, World Championships, European Championships, five times. So basically, um, I would have been abroad. I would have seen what works abroad. I would yeah. have been, and I would, I would have sussed things out, you know, subconsciously looking at how things work in other countries, yeah. particularly, particularly in, in Western Europe. Yeah. Um, and then I was able to bring that, I was able to bring that, um, able to bring that experience back, back here, here. home to Donegal, yeah. Yeah, but I've been astounded by how successful it has been. I thought, I, I didn't, honestly didn't think it would be, it would get the, it would get the footfall that it did that get it has in the end. done, yeah. And that's been really encouraging for me, yeah. you know. So I just thought rural Ireland will they engage to the point that they need to, because I needed them to engage and, and, to use the facility yeah. because I needed the finances. Yeah. You know, the, the, so that was that was important. But the learning abroad was important. Yeah. And do you think the publication of your book might have helped people come in and see what you were doing? Well, it'll bring attention onto the whole thing. Yeah. You know, and um, it's I've had a varied life. I mean, obviously between yeah. third level at IT, between the army, yeah. um, with athletics. Uh, and, and to tell the listeners again, what's the name of the book if they want to learn how to... Relentless. Relentless. Relentless is the name of the book. Ah, right. so it's an autobiography, is it? It is a biography, really, yeah. It's a biography. It's just aspects of my life, really. Yeah. Um, and obviously, I led High Performance in Athletics Ireland as well, you see, for periods of time yes. and stuff, and I was on the Sports Council board. So I had a lot of ex good experiences, you yeah. know, that, that I was able to use. And in your experience, what makes a great athlete? Oh, well, a great athlete is, is, well, talent, they need the talent, but then talent by itself isn't enough. They there have to, to do the hard work. work. Hard yeah. work, hard work, hard work, commitment, discipline. Oh, it's a, it's a, what makes a good athlete? There's a hundred things that make a good athlete. It's all the pieces put together. It's the jigsaw, yeah. really. Um, you know, but attitude, you know, so many, many things. And I heard the story that you've watched Usain Bolt on a number of his races, mm. picking up a number of his mm. awards. And is there a local friend of yours that manages him? Yes, the fellow, young, he was a young, a young, the fellow that manages him is a fellow called Richard Sims. Yeah. He's a local lad. He from Donegal or from, from Stranella? Donegal, from okay. Donegal, from Donegal. He's from a place called Milford, which is down the road yeah. a bit. Um, he started off with me as a young boy at secondary school and athletics. And, um, you know, and with the teacher in the school, Michael McGranahan, introduced him to athletics. And he, he ran with, to use a pun, he ran with the athletics thing himself. Yes. And, um, you know, he got he got involved with it with an agency in London initially, and yeah. then he began. He got to a point where he was running the agency, and he he's he's Usain Bolt's agent, and yeah. Mo Farrow and Vivian Chariot, and all. So these he people. manages some of the top people. Yeah, top people. Yeah. So I suppose the thing is, you never really know where your career is going to start. You just need a couple of people who have a little bit of um, passion about something and give you the opportunities, Absolutely. as you talked about earlier, Patsy. Absolutely. Opportunity. Opportunity. You know, I go back to running on the lawn at boarding school 
and I, I, when I'm talking to school children, I say I was given an opportunity. Yeah, to see and, and I, feel something possible. And I had to make a decision. Yeah. Am I going to take an opportunity? Yeah. It's the same in life, but everything. Yes. You either take the opportunity or it'll pass you by. Absolutely. But I, I really got dug into the opportunity. But if I, ha if I hadn't been given the opportunity, out my life would have went a different direction. You know what I mean? I do. Yeah. Well, Patsy, I want to say thanks very much to you um, for sharing your story with the listeners. Um, I don't think I'm going back on the racing track downstairs because I actually haven't done athletics for a long time. Right. But I might just facilitate or go down and have a swim in the pool if that's okay with you. Absolutely. And I would recommend that everybody comes to Donegal and to Stranola to see this wonderful facility that you've created here to you and your team. Mm. Thank you very much Thank for letting us much. come and to it's see you. Thank very encouraging to tell the story from time to time. And again, just to make the point that I made earlier, other social enterprises that might want to talk through at, the very, at their beginning phase, they're always welcome to make contact and do that. And you know, again, on the Community Finance Ireland, um, you know, I can, well, we can advise positively about that as well. Great, thank you so much, Patsy. Thank you. From our team at Community Finance Ireland, thank you to those volunteers and leaders who spent time sharing their success and determination. We hope you found some useful insights while listening here. Their stories demonstrate that dreamers are always welcome in our communities. You may be a dreamer today, but you too could be the change maker of the future. Be sure to subscribe to this series and tune in to hear our next story coming soon.